we are very pleased to be welcoming Bill Foster to the 966 this week. Bill Foster leads the Jones Group Middle East, a wholly owned subsidiary of Jones Group International, which is based in Riyadh. He's chairman of the board of directors for the American Chamber of Commerce in Saudi Arabia, AmCham, where we are very excited to focus our conversation today. Bill, thank you so much for joining us on the 966. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here and talk about uh, all the exciting things that are going on in Saudi Arabia. Well, Bill, as we were just talking in the in the preliminary discussion, uh, I've been we've been excited to do this since we started the the nine six six just about a year ago, when I first went to Saudi and lived in Saudi Arabia in the eighties. Um, so many of my friends were part of the American Business Group of Riyadh, which was actually established in nineteen seventy eight. I know you were, uh, you know, a, a key member there too. And um, our last guest, Prince Turkey Al Faisal, who was well known, obviously. Uh, former ambassador to UK and US, and head of the uh, uh, general intelligence director in 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 Saudi Arabia for many years, a really well regarded figure. When he talks about the relationship, he always talks about the 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 primary importance of the people to people relationship. And for me, and I think Lucian has always been. When I think of that, I think of the ABGR and now the AmCham KSA, which you are recently named president of. Um, so again, really delighted that you're here. And, and as I said earlier, I just want to push start. And, and if you can talk a little bit about the evolution of the ABGR into AmCham, KSA, why, and all the things you guys are doing now. The American Business Group, Riyadh, which served a, a very good purpose for representing American businesses within Riyadh, in the, where there have been some more traditional business relationships, uh, defense and security as an example, oil and gas, finance existed for uh, a few decades, and uh, I served on the ABGR board uh, in uh, late in its existence uh, when I was with Booz Allen Hamilton uh, in 2016 to 2018 timeframe. And then uh, the uh, ABGR was transformed over the last couple of years in the 2019 to 2021 timeframe from this group of business folks in Riyadh to a uh, overarching organization that represents American businesses across Saudi Arabia. So now we have three chapters uh, where Riyadh uh, being uh, very much similar uh, focus as before, although uh, some with some expansion, We've added the uh, Eastern province where there was an American business group previously mm-hmm. with a natural focus on oil and gas, minerals, the kind of things that go on in the Eastern province. And then uh, one that's really exciting is Jeddah because there's a very mercantile focus. And, you know, with Vision 2030 transforming virtually everything that is and expanding the uh, list of types of businesses that are in, in the kingdom, for instance, arts, culture, and entertainment, um, we've we've kind of jump started the business advocacy for American businesses to to match this rapid paced Vision Twenty Thirty, which the Crown Prince has uh, mandated, and uh, it, it's really exciting to be part of it. Uh, currently, we have eleven committees, which is where a lot of the action happens. Each of them have corporate sponsors 
And I'll just go through and read the names of the committees because I think this is that would reflect, be great. Yeah, it's reflective of this broader role. Arts, culture, and entertainment. And by the way, the Arts, Culture, and Entertainment Committee just recently uh, received a grant, a uh, sizable grant to, to do uh, some film work here in the kingdom. Uh, defense and security. No, that's more back to our roots. But the Defense Committee is a very uh, mature uh, organization. And uh, we just recently had a uh, breakfast meeting and my boss, General Jim Jones, uh, attended. And I looked around, all, all sorts of people I'm involved with uh, professionally in Jones Group and the MOD transformation were there. So we're keeping up with that too. Next uh, committee is energy. And then there's environmental, social, and corporate governance. That's a big one. And mm -hmm. the fact that there are environmental uh, concerns being considered by businesses. And I've been to a round table where we talked about things like renewable energy, recycling. Uh, it's 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 exciting to be part of this new way of thinking in Saudi Arabia through that that particular committee. And healthcare, uh, which in our pre previous discussion uh, we talked about uh, is launching next month. What I think is important about that is that that healthcare is uh, obviously important for every nation in the world and going forward, you know, with aging populations and and trying to figure out uh, economical ways to, to deal with health and still provide even better care for everybody. Uh, it's going to require a, a, all sectors of healthcare to come together. And uh, I think that's kind of reflected by a really strong corporate advocacy for that committee. Uh, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, and Abbott is, are examples of uh, the uh, sponsors for the healthcare committee. Uh, next committee is infrastructure. Uh, there's not a, a place in Saudi Arabia uh, where there's not Maybe the empty quarter is not too much uh, construction. But, <laughs> well, give it, give it uh, time, Bill. Give it time. I, I think that's next. Uh, but uh, <laughs> there's not a place in Saudi Arabia that's not undergoing a lot of uh, construction. And it's modern construction. Things like uh, smart buildings, consideration for water supplies, alternative energy, uh, et cetera. And then the uh, next one is professional services. Again, something that's going to always be be here. Uh in uh, the part represented by American businesses. Next one I think is kind of interesting, especially in view of the uh, World Cup events. And I won't talk about yesterday's game with Mexico, but well, yeah, uh, well, it's uh, sports and uh, the fact that uh, we have uh, an active sports committee that's uh, reflective of, of the kind of support that American businesses can give to this broad and interest in sports. And not just for men, but also for women here in, in the kingdom. Uh, trade and industry. Okay, that sounds like an overarching one, but it's a it's important for us to uh, be able to uh, interface. And I'll talk about it in a moment with uh, the other folks who influence uh, how well businesses go. And that would be the U.S. government, the Saudi government, and with others, partners. Uh, for instance, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, U.S. Saudi Business Council, try to influence policy to advance the cause of business, U.S. businesses here in Saudi Arabia. Next uh, 
committee is technology. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of technology uh, uh, advancement here uh, on a scale, one could say, of when uh, Silicon Valley was came to be uh, within the proximity of Stanford University. You, you start looking at, you know, Neom is uh, being developed all, all around uh, modern technology. There are uh, very aggressive proje projects, you know, submarine cable projects to bring uh, better uh, fiber optic technology to the kingdom, increased use of satellites, uh, the uh, use of uh, artificial technology, uh, all, all artificial intelligence rather, and all sorts of things are, are that you see throughout the world right now in terms of technological advancement are moving at a faster pace here in the kingdom because of the uh, mandates of Vision 2030. And finally, one that I think underscores my seven years here in the kingdom uh, as a resident, and that's women in business. Uh, we have uh, grown that committee significantly in the last couple of years, and uh, they're now very active. And what we're seeing is uh, Saudi women emerging as business leaders in American companies here in the kingdom, which is really exciting. Uh, I have, uh, in my Jones Group role, I have 14 Saudi employees and they're all women. That that's, says something. Uh, and uh, there are uh, increased role uh, roles for women within government. And that's not gonna stop. It's just gonna continue and could represent a big, uh, boost for those very aggressive goals of 2030, and I think well beyond that, uh, in this uh, incredible social change that's occurred in Saudi Arabia in that seven years that I've lived here. So uh, our, our committees in the, 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 in the AmCham are, the, are the, where a lot of the events uh, are centered and a lot of the interface with our uh, partners, if you will, uh, whether it's the Saudi government or the U.S. government, we interface extensively with the U.S. commercial service uh, in the commercial, uh, under the commercial counselor and the embassy. And we also uh, align ourselves and remain aligned with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and U.S. Saudi Business Council in any actions we take. We don't want to conflict. We want to stay on the same page. And because we've achieve this uh, American chamber model across Saudi Arabia, we're now able to, and I, th I see this as my vision for 2023, align ourselves with other American chamber organizations uh, throughout the region for those uh, common issues that we may have. And um, that's be entirely focused on Saudi Arabia. So it's been a, a great couple of years under my predecessor, Tarek Solomon, who did uh, despite COVID-19, incredible work leading along with the uh, very capable staff and board of American Chamber uh, to uh, achieve this pan-Saudi Arabia, if you will, um, business organization called American Chamber Saudi Arabia. 
Um, Bill, thank you. That's a tremendous overview, and it gives us an idea of, of, of Amcham KSA as it stands today. Any number of questions. Um, is it fair to say, so So, as, we, as you referenced, the ABGR was established in 1978, and it, it transitioned to the, the, the AmCham KSA in, in January 2021. Is it fair to say that uh, the decision to evolve the ABGR and to move to an AmCham KSA was driven in part to be responsive to the changes as a result of Vision 2030? Uh, exactly. It, it, it was a time, it was time to bring uh, the advocacy voice uh, for U.S. businesses in Saudi Arabia uh, together across the Arabian Peninsula. Uh, and uh, we uh, were doing well here in Riyadh. ABGR was a, a very well-established organization, but uh, with uh, what I just described uh, through all the, the various committees, uh, we wouldn't be able to do without bringing in our, our partners from uh, Eastern Province and Jeddah. Well, exactly. And for many years, there was sort of, you know, a separate entities in the Eastern Province and Jeddah and, you know, from Riyadh, you know, certainly collegial, but a friendly competition. But now you're all under one roof, which which makes it that much more effective. And I'm really pleased. We're really pleased you went through each committee because I agree with you. They're very important and they, they're reflective of the new environment in Saudi Arabia. I, and if I can, I wanted to focus on a couple. And one of them, you, 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 I don't want to shy away from the World Cup experience because, yes, you know, as Americans, we're excited. We're through to 16, you know, as Saudis, uh, you know, quite disappointed. But I think by any measure, it's been fascinating to watch the World Cup experience for Saudi Arabia. And I think if you were a, an observer, I think what comes through clearly that you perhaps you weren't aware of before was the deep and broad and quite vociferous uh, football culture in Saudi Arabia. Um, is that something that came out during this World Cup, you as an American observer? Uh, well, it certainly didn't. Uh, uh, a lot of the coverage I watched, uh, you know, it was, it was funny because, uh, especially in, in the games, uh, the game against Argentina, it was emphasized, and, and uh, the draw against Poland, uh, the uh, was that uh, a lot of these players from Saudi Arabia, the people that those of us who might even fought, uh, follow FIFA uh, football wouldn't know unless we were following Saudi uh, right. professional uh, football. And, and that's, uh, I think that, that now we, we've learned uh, despite yesterday's outcome, uh, that uh, they have a formidable uh, program here, uh, and and the kingdom should be really really proud. But uh, the sports industry here is uh, clearly, you know, linking its linking its local existence, which has been uh, in the background, I guess, uh, for the rest of the world, uh, to the international. Uh, sports industry uh, and, and this uh, what, what we saw in the World Cup in the last couple of weeks is reflective of that. But you also see some uh, you know major acquisitions and sports uh, by Saudi entities. And uh, there are uh, you know the, the more organizations, there's the Saudi Sports Federation uh, that's been established. 
Uh, and uh, that that in itself, you know, is a government entity uh, that uh, oversees sports uh, is uh, it shows how important this is to the, the uh, new Saudi Arabia. Let me talk a minute about, uh, if you could talk a minute about that trade and industry committee. And you mentioned that sort of is where there's an intersection between local, let's say local reality and some of the politics you have to deal with. Um, and, you know, it's always, an, you know, always a little bit of a surprise. Uh, you know, when you when you look at it, we're sitting here in, in you know, right outside of D.C., Washington, D.C., and, and uh, you see the blowback after the OPEC Plus decision in October, in October to to reduce their their quota and you see a lot of commentary about what should be done this and that you know you know with you know pull back on on defense you know somehow uh you know reduce our business relationship and and um you know lucian and i obviously are deep in the weeds on this and and we don't agree with this in terms of the larger relationship so much of that, the anchor on the ground here is the business community. Are sure. you a, are you able to sort of when when you when you see this brouhaha over in over in the U.S. the political the policy side, which very often, especially if you're not a practitioner, if you're not deeply involved with it, is disconnected from reality. Uh, it, it is, and uh, I won't comment too much on that. But you know, the trade and industry committee's focus is is really a, a catch-all way to represent and support and further the combined interests of uh, American business communities within the industrial trade sectors in Saudi Arabia, which is have, are increasingly diverse, as I mentioned earlier. But in alignment and in support of the kingdom's strategic agenda and Vision right. 2030 objectives of a well-diversified economy, a solid and developed industrial footprint, and a strong export-oriented market. And we can't achieve that without having this overarching view of trade and industry. In other words, you know, are we we as American businesses relevant uh, to today's Saudi Arabia? You know, five years ago, defense industry would have been big, relevant to their interests, maybe not to their needs. Uh, the uh, oil and gas, most certainly so. But now, you know, we're talking about things like you know, alternative energy, solar, yeah, uh, solar, hydrogen, uh, et cetera. So uh, this trade and industry uh, committee is important because that alignment needs to be there for U.S. businesses to be continue to be relevant. I, I um, right now, uh, it's uh, lead, led, by the way, uh, by Tamar Masalam of PepsiCo. So, you know, as an example, uh, and, you know, PepsiCo clearly has a footprint here and, and a very substantial one, but uh, they, they too, as do all businesses, uh, and I mentioned the mercantile base in Jeddah uh, that comes to us as part of the uh, Jeddah chapter, that they, all, all businesses need to continue to be relevant maintain that alignment to Vision 2030. So it's an important function. Well, this is something we talk about in the 960s all the time, and that is to update this U.S. relationship with Saudi Arabia, which AmCham KSA is a reflection of. 
uh, you know, it, it's, you know, updating it to recognize that it's, it's a broader, deeper, more varied relationship than it has been traditionally. And you hear, you know, Princess Rima bin Bandar, you know, talk about this all the time and mm -hmm. others. Uh, so it's, it's encouraging to us, I think Lucian will agree to know, and I think we knew this, that the U.S. The business community in Saudi Arabia is at the vanguard of this and being responsive to the changes on the ground and that, you know, and, and, and assessing what, where Saudi Arabia is headed, not necessarily where it's been. Um, let's talk about uh, women in business, which you know, I think is fascinating. You said at the Jones group, you have 14 Saudis and they're all women. Yes. And they're not <laughs> this is, this is, you know, again, this is a common theme on the show. You know, if I were a male in Saudi Arabia, I'd feel a little endangered. Well, it's funny, too, because, you know, looking at it, uh, our Women in Business Committee, by the way, isn't just some sort of, a, you know, somebody's idea, good idea that, yeah, we'll entertain uh, this newfangled social change. The committee is sponsored by ExxonMobil, Iloyat, PepsiCo, KPMG. I mean, you yeah. know, we're not exactly a it's not exactly an insubstantial thing. And it, it, it was, uh, you know, this mission is to advance women's leadership and career development in Saudi Arabia. And clearly, you know, with a, a fairly mature infrastructure, uh, which took a lot longer than it, hopefully it will uh, in Saudi Arabia, if, and, you know, it took a lot longer in the U.S. for women to achieve parity, and some would argue we're still working it in, in the business world and U.S. So in, in Saudi Arabia, it's, it's going at lightning speed because of Vision 2030 and the uh, unique way that top-down things can happen here in the kingdom. Right. But still, uh, you know, if we uh, align women's leadership and career development in Saudi Arabia based on Western benchmarks, in the case of American Chamber, U.S. benchmarks, and that's really uh, providing a, a tremendous uh, service to uh, the uh, kingdom in, in, in this tremendous point of uh, their change. So, it, you know, it was launched in 2020, and uh, the Women in Business uh, Committee promotes the strategic importance of advancing and developing women in AmCham uh, Saudi Arabia member businesses. And I would say I, I also want to use it as a draw for other businesses, you know, my my goal is to have as close to 100 percent of American businesses be involved in the American Chamber, and this certainly is an area where I think nobody can argue American businesses can come in and provide value add. Uh, the uh, we we have programming uh, that includes mentorship programming. Uh, you know, structured relationship building program that connects people one-to-one -to, -one to increase knowledge and share experiences to build skills for the future, uh, goals and milestones. Stay tuned for more information uh, on this. Uh, you know, it's, it's just going to get better. So, uh, Bill, I, I, I misspoke. I, I said I was going to focus only on three, but I'd like to take the opportunity, if I can, to... Uh, to talk about that defense and security uh, committee, but sure. in a, in a, in a, in a, in a specific way, you, you a, a colleague of yours, who's now in the Jones group shop, uh, Colonel Brad Gandy joined the nine six six when he was uh, 
you know, uh, prior to joining the, the, the Joint Jones Group, but he also he had served previously from 2019 to 2021 as chief of the United States Military Training Mission. Just a fascinating discussion that we had with Colonel Gandhi about the, the, the defense transition that Saudi Arabia is trying to undertake. And, and, and part of the reasons it was fascinating, I think, is because not a lot of people are paying attention to it. Um, and and I, I guess just as a point, you know, since we get to come back and talk with you when we're talking about the Defense and Security uh, Committee, uh, is that transition still underway? Is it making progress? It it's, uh, definitely is. Uh, in, I, I came here in 2015 uh, working for Booz Allen Hamilton. and We submitted a proposal to do a military readiness assessment uh, in one network uh, a couple months uh, later. Uh, in the summer of 2015 and uh, went and did a, a, a fairly comprehensive assessment of the Ministry of Defense, as did uh, Boston Consulting Group, another American company, obviously, on uh, the uh, business functions within the MOD. And that MOD vision that was derived from that is, is alive today and is being implemented in a target operating model, which I'm not going to go into details on, but it it really aligns the Saudi military with Western benchmarks. And uh, But I will talk about the vision because I think that's important uh, when we consider Saudi Arabia as a strategic partner. And that's first to defend, the, de deter the threat and defend the king. Second, is to have interoperability within different ministries. You know, Saudi Arabia is its vast bureaucracy, previously quite siloed. Now uh, they have the opportunity through this uh, effort to eventually reach a whole of government state. Beyond that, have interoperability with uh, regional uh, partners. Uh, you know, they already do with the UAE to an extent and with the US, but it really needs to be a unified uh, GCC, if you will, and then the third one, and this is this is the important one, because it's a game changer for everything they do, and that's to create efficiencies and employ world-class business practices within the kingdom. And I see that every day. Uh, they're dropping in stature from number three in the world at defense spend, where when at a time when they were far from that in terms of capability, to a far more capable organization that uh, operates jointly, acquires smartly, acquires capabilities smartly, that is, and um, works a little bit more like a business, not that the Pentagon is a business, but uh, with efficiency and hopefully applying some lessons learned, by the way, because no Western uh, benchmark nation is uh, uh, perfect in this area. And the fact that they're able to, 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 they've been able to affect some of the changes they've already affected. And over the next several years will uh, probably be looked at uh, as one of the leading militaries in the world, certainly a regional. And uh, that, that's really quite, quite an achievement. And it's emblematic of, of the whole Vision 2030 and how important it is to Saudi Arabia. And this part of it, of course, affects every American, whether they know it or not. And um, so 
if you look at the Defense uh, and Security Committee, you know, sponsors are, uh, you know, no surprise, my company, Jones Group Middle East, L3 Harris and Lidos. And the mission is to promote closer association and cooperation among U.S. defense and security in industries, which are present in Saudi Arabia, which is kind of a understated mission, given the, the uh, incredible uh, scale of what's going on. So, you know, United States is Saudi Arabia's second largest trading partner uh, in the defense uh, sector plays a significant role in that successful bilateral U.S.-Saudi Arabia trade relationship. And, you know, there's a deep-rooted history that has built strong economic ties. Saudi Arabia is the United States' largest foreign military sales customer, uh, accounting for more than uh, $125 billion in active FMS cases. And uh, through FMS, the United States has supported uh, security assistance organizations, not just beyond the Ministry of Defense, to include the National Guard, the Ministry of Interior, all of which are going to be transforming or have are in the process of transforming. So this is going to be an ongoing effort that will make Saudi Arabia a uh, stronger, even stronger uh, partner here uh, from a defense and security perspective here in the region. And we'll also uh, be good for the American businesses involved. And, you know, there, you, you'll, of course, see the traditional OEMs uh, do better you know, or at least uh, do a better job of aligning with Saudi Arabia's goals the way the uh, uh, transformation is being conducted. We'll also see the, the Saudis go after what I think is uh, one of the stronger uh, features of American business. And those are the small, medium-sized businesses which bring innovation. And, um, you know, they most companies in America that provide uh, innovative technology that is exportable, and that's an important part. There's no American business over here that, uh, that's doing defense and security work is doing it without the knowledge of the U.S. government, They're doing it with export licensing. But none of them will, uh, none of those small companies would, would, would want to do it on their own without some sort of assistance to, to enter a fairly uh, dynamic uh, business environment with a lot of change going on, uh, rules changing uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, just because uh, there's transformation in every sector in Saudi Arabia. And that that's that's uh, requires an advocacy organization that can help translate what's going on in terms of the business environment into something that is a, a achievable uh, to enter. I, Bill, that's a very good point, and 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 it's I think it's one we should I'd like to highlight. Uh, I mean, is AmCham KSA better set up now to help the small and medium sized enterprises to get access into the market? Obviously, you're alluding to you know traditionally majors can get there, <laughs> but uh, tougher for SMEs. I I think uh, we uh, 
could could be doing better on that. That's one of my goals over the next years to figure out how we can uh, make make it easier for uh, businesses to uh, enter the market and you know become AmCham members and and be able to reach out to other members and say, hey, I just uh, was faced with this such and such a situation. How have you handled it? And uh, to navigate uh, this evolving regulatory landscape, uh, as an example, here in Saudi Arabia, uh, we're, we're not going to be able to do it on our own. And this isn't just AmCham Saudi Arabia. I mentioned uh, other uh, entities, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, plays a tremendous role in Washington, D.C., uh, especially interfacing with the U.S. government. And they also uh, provide a tremendous amount of uh, policy uh, 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 assistance, uh, if you will, or policy uh, advice uh, in their interface. Uh, the U.S. Saudi Business Council is a little bit more, uh, in my view, they may differ with this, but I think they they make coming coming here to do business a little easier in terms of onboarding, if you will. And those those organizations have uh, a very important role. We at AmCham are kind of the home team in Saudi Arabia, where the foot soldiers on the ground in uh, our membership consists of people who, for the most part, live here, do business here. Many of us have been here a long time. And uh, I want to uh, continue to uh, present a welcoming environment for businesses that come to Saudi Arabia. I recently met with a company uh, that uh, is going to be making uniforms <laughs> for the uh, uh, Saudis, and they're uh, embracing the uh, localization goals uh, that are presented as part of Vision 2030. And they're, they've set up partnerships with a couple of companies, uh, prospectively, uh, that uh, have employed large numbers of Saudi women, I might add, that uh, will be able to make uh, fire-resistant uniforms that are much more similar to what our U.S. troops wear. Uh, and uh, than uh, what the Saudi uh, troops have uh, worn historically. So, you know, that's an example of a of the kind of innovation that is necessary to uh, be uh, exported to Saudi Arabia by the United States so the United States can continue to play a big role at Vision 2030. And uh, it's not going to happen just by somebody flying in here and with a business visa or a tourist visa and <laughs> shaking a few hands and saying, hey, can we set up a contract? <laughs> it, it's a lot harder. And uh, it's it could be daunting. We, um, uh, we work closely with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. I think they do really good work. <clears throat> and... Um, and also, you know, on the U.S. Saudi Business Council, I, I, I agree that I think they, they do a nice job of, especially with uh, uh, organizing state delegations. Um, yeah. And so, they, you know, in terms of bringing delegations over, I, they, I think they've had some success there and it's important work. Um, Bill, how large is the U.S. community in, in Saudi nowadays? You know, I, I don't have an answer to that. I, I'd say... I'd say somewhere in the neighborhood of eighty thousand. 
that's the number that's the number you hear and and read and uh and as it it, it sounds as if and we can we can you know carry to a close if you have any other thoughts it sounds as if there's a new energy in terms of the business community and is that accurate i think it, I, I think it is accurate and, and it's accurate because the host nation has given us a, a platform if you will via vision 2030 to expand uh the role of american innovation and entrepreneurship and uh all the other good things that come with american businesses uh to an increased number of sectors uh you know the fact that um you can go to the movies here and watch american movies in an amc theater is tremendous i i recently was uh dining with uh, uh a, a close friend who happens to be a major general in, in uh, their air force and uh i said oh have you seen uh, top gun maverick and he said oh my family and i have been to see Top Gun Maverick three times. Can you imagine? <laughs> and when I went to see it, uh, uh, it was uh, amazing. Uh, my wife and I were the only non-Saudis in the uh, theater, and people were cheering. And uh, clearly, it, it, it more excited than any movie crowd that I've seen in America. And, and uh, I think that's emblematic of the energy that you see throughout the kingdom. And, uh, you know, you can, all you can do is take a step back once you're here and, and, and are able to see and comprehend what's going on and say, wow, you know, there's some strong leadership. And, you know, this is fueled also by the fact that there are 70% or so of Saudis are 35 years of age or younger. They're digital natives. They're exposed either virtually or actually through foreign travel to other cultures. They also are very proud of their own culture. And I think we saw some of that in the World Cup this uh, past week. Uh, you know, certainly if you looked at that crowd there, you'd say, yep, they're Saudis. And, 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 be, and you, you can respect their uh, devotion to family and, and, and the values that they uh, historically have embraced. But what, what's really exciting about all this is that, you know, they're, they're look, everything they do now is expanding into all these other sectors. And there's tremendous opportunity for American businesses. And uh, on the other side, it's a great opportunity for the Saudis. So, you know, the AmCham mission is, is, is one that, uh, one really can't say much uh, other than good about. Uh, we just had uh, one, a deputy assistant secretary of uh, uh, commerce for uh, travel uh, and tourism uh, here. In fact, I spoke to him last night um, at a, uh, we hosted he and uh, the CEO of Marriott International for a breakfast yesterday morning. Uh, Marriott is of course expanding radically uh, because of the advance of tourism, which we didn't talk about earlier. But, uh, you know, quite practically, with all this other work going on, there are going to be plenty of Americans who need a roof under their head, over their head, rather. And, uh, 
it, it's uh, fascinating to see that sector uh, increase. But it, it, it's doing Saudi Arabia a tremendous service as they, uh, you know, start to develop the, the various areas uh, of uh, tourism, like the Red Sea Project, Jeddah, uh, the, all the other mega projects, not to mention Neom. And um, so, again, the possibilities are maybe not endless, but they're far expanded beyond which, what they were when I first served on the ABGR board several years ago. Bill Foster leads the Riyadh-based Jones Group Middle East and is chairman of the board of directors for the American Chamber of Commerce in Saudi Arabia, AmCham. Bill, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a great discussion. Well, thank you very much. And and uh, I, I want to uh, uh, circle back to you uh, maybe at, at some time in the next year or so and tell you how I think it's going. But, uh, <laughs> well, you're, you're, well, you're now part of you're now part of our stable of, of, of uh, prestigious and honored guests, so you're welcome anytime. Absolutely. We'd love to have you back.